0: again everybody it's jack graham along with john peterson with another edition of we talk photo hey everybody and then you know, every time we record one of these well not every time but a lot of times when we record every, these uh podcasts you know i always start out by saying man do we have a, a really great guest today and it sounds like each one's going to be better than the other and it shouldn't be that way but in all all seriousness aside, we have a great podcast for you today, and we're honored to have uh, the publisher, the brains, and the, just uh, the 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 person that's responsible for, in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this to make it feel good, the predominant photography um, based publication in America yeah. and probably in the world, uh, Lensworks. Um, I want to say magazine, but it's not a magazine. It's a publication with many different facets. Mr. Brooks
1: Jensen is with us today. Uh, good afternoon, Brooks, and thank you for being here. Well, good afternoon. I'm uh, happy to join you guys in a conversation that will ramble somewhere. Well, <laughs> Yes, yes. There. You know, that,
2: that's what's funny, Brooks. We, we never know quite where this is going to go, and that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, we don't, uh, folks, as you, if you've listened to us before, we don't sit here with a screen crypt we, we normally ask the person that we're talking to is there anything they want to talk about and usually they say no Well, let's just sit and we just sit here and talk like we're sitting you know and, and, and looking at the at the scenery having to talk about photography so um brooks thanks again for being here just for the people who may not know you believe and i can't believe there are not too many just to tell us a little bit about um who who you, who you are and what you're doing, and then in that vein, I have a question for you. So
1: take it away. All right. Well, um, as you mentioned, I'm the publisher of uh, Lenswork, and uh, it, it, there's a funny story how that got started. I, I've been a photographer since uh, basically 1970, and I met my wife in 1992, and she's also a photographer, and uh, we were once we were married we were having a conversation about what uh, magazines did she enjoy reading what magazines did I enjoy reading and I said well you know I don't subscribe to any photography magazines because they're all about cameras and fundamentally I'm not very interested in cameras but I'm really interested in images and um, you know and I asked her so what magazines do you subscribe to and she said well same thing i I don't subscribe to any. I have a camera and I don't need to buy another camera. So, you know, no no use reading all those camera reviews and whatnot. And then she asked what turned out to be a very fateful question. She said, well, if you were going to subscribe to a photography magazine, what would it look like? And I said, well, I can show you one because I have in my library a collection of the very early apertures that Minor White published back in the 50s. And they were basically a very small but beautifully printed publication that had images and occasionally poetry and an article or two. And they were all about the results of photography, not the how to get there part of photography. And I said, this is what I would love to to see. And she said, well, why don't we do one? And so... To cut a very long story very short, that was the beginning of Lenswork. We published our first issue in uh, 1993 and have been publishing ever since. It's grown into not only the magazine, but um, uh, we also have a tablet version that people can download. We have a computer version that's got more content than either of those two. Plus, we have Lenswork Online, which is our membership website that has literally terabytes of information, interviews with 500 photographers. And we add new content to the Lenswork Online website literally every day. It's it's really a whole
2: ecosystem of content that you've created.
1: Well, photography is a very, very interesting thing. It's a fascinating doorway to explore our world. And nothing opens doors like photography, in my experience. If I go someplace and I want to make a photograph and I explain to someone, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'd like to do, they almost without exception say, well, come on in, you know, <laughs> make photographs. Oh, yeah. So they're, it's a connection uh, vehicle, and it's just terrific. And I've, I've been involved in it now for 50 years. It's especially, you
0: know, um, when – you could take a photograph and then show somebody what you, a non-photographer, what you just did, as opposed to
1: back in the day. You know? Yeah, I I learned a really interesting lesson. I've written about this in lens work, but um, but it's a fascinating idea. Uh, first time I went to Japan to photograph, I knew I was going to have a language barrier because I didn't speak Japanese, and so I prepared a little uh, spiral-bound book that had. Uh, a couple of dozen photographs of the kinds of things that that I like to photograph. And then I paid a native Japanese speaker to write a little introductory text and transcribe it and give it to me so that I could put it in this book. And everywhere I went in Japan, then the first thing I would do was hand people this book and they would look at all the photographs and they would read the text. And the next thing I know, I'm photographing in their business or in their house or in their backyard or in their farm field and they're they're sharing tea and lunch and a meal and it was such a great door opener that i now use that technique all the time I, i always carry with me some of these um i call them introduction books that just becomes a little bit of a door
0: opener yeah, I had a I, I lived in Ohio for a couple of years and wasn't far from the Amish uh, area and went down there one day and I wanted to photograph something on this guy's farm. And he was in the driveway and I, and he was a young guy and I asked him, can I photograph that? And he goes, you goes, sure. He says, uh, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll send you a photograph. And he goes, no, you won't. I said, yeah, okay. well, He says, no, you won't. And he says, everybody says they will. I sent him a photograph. And since then, every time we go to Ohio, had to be 15, to 20 times now, um, We he lets us run around on his property photographing, and then they feed us at the end of the day, and they've become a very good friend, and I've watched their kids grow up. And, you know, I mean, it's a great thing. It's a great introductory um, aspect of letting people um, know what you're doing and getting some opportunities that yeah. – I bet you wish you had those aperture magazines now. They're, I think, if I last I looked on eBay, they're selling anywhere from twenty-five to a hundred bucks a pop. And Will well, them, I
1: really. still have a whole bunch of them. Uh, right now, I'm traveling in my trailer, so I've, I've got everything in storage. <laughs> I basically sold all my furniture and all my other positions, but the library I kept.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, in good. storage. So, so, you're, so are
0: you still a resident of Anacortes, Washington?
1: or are you, In theory, although I haven't been back there since, oh gosh, it's almost a year now. You so missed a beautiful winter here. It was just gorgeous. We had
0: sun and 60 degrees and boy it's just been a great winter here
1: but you also had some snow i understand you
0: don't want to know it's been a horrible
1: (laughs) it's been a horrible winter i know my sister-in-law still lives in linden and she told me they had like eight inches of snow that i was over in death valley photographing in shirt sleeves and enjoying the heck out of it and that's where you are now in that area correct you're you're spending some time in the valley I've I've got another uh, 3 weeks here and then I start slowly heading a, a little farther north. Good for you. And and,
0: the, and are you in a doing a project or are you just
1: you know uh... nothing nothing in particular, but that's not the way I tend to work anyway. I um, My uh, philosophy, I guess you would call it, or maybe a better word is my strategy for photographing, is generally not to go photographing to complete a project or to explore a project, because that puts me in a frame of mind where I'm targeting specific kind of images. And I prefer when I'm out photographing to be as receptive as I can be and just sort of accept whatever gifts there are That fall my way relative to light and uh, weather and clouds and all that kind of stuff. I I really changed my thinking about this because I used to be a a pre-visualization kind of guy. You know, the Ansel Adams thing that influenced so many of us. And I interviewed Jerry Yulesman for a very early issue of Lenswork. And I asked him, I said, "When when you're out in the world with your camera, are you thinking about the recombinant imagery that you produce and how you're going to use whatever you're photographing in some sort of fanciful construction like you do. He said, no, no, no. He said, when I'm out in the world photographing, I'm just responding to what's ever there and gathering assets. But I have no idea what the artwork will be or if I'll even use any of these in any finished piece of artwork because, he said, for me, the art-making process takes place in the studio, not in the field. Well, Mm -hmm. that was about the opposite of the pre-visualization sort of training that I had had in the West Coast Ansel Adams School of Photography, if you will. uh, But it, it literally changed my way of thinking. And from that point forward, that's primarily what I do is I just wander. And if something strikes my eye, I photograph it and gather assets. And now, particularly with the digital world and our ability to manage assets and software like Lightroom and all the others, it's pretty easy to mine your Lightroom catalog and database for images that you can pull together in some sort of a project. So that's yeah, yeah. primarily what I do now is, is uh, uh, work my Lightroom catalog and when I go out photographing, I'm just adding to that asset base. Yeah. And,
2: and folks, well, when you're, oh, Jack, ahead, Jack, just, just real quick, I was going to give a shout out to the listeners out there. In that, if you've been listening to a few of our podcasts, and in particular, the last one that we did with uh, Huntington Wetherill. He said almost exactly the same thing as Brooks. And, and you know, I, Brooks, I really commend you for, for being able to articulate it that way. But it's this thing of of we don't go out to shoot projects, but we go out to collect assets. I, I love that phrase that you said there. and And we're responding to the conditions and we're doing all of this stuff, not thinking about creating art or not thinking of creating projects, but just – responding and photographing whatever moves us out in the field and folks you know if you listen to some of these great folks that that do wonderful work i mean that's that's the way folks are doing it and uh you know so pay attention
1: <laughs> in my case there there's another element that fits into that scheme and that's this uh in my youth of course i was following in the great footsteps of all those wonderful photographers who defined what fine art photography was and the way they defined it, of course, was a a photograph in mat board uh, behind glass in a frame hung on the wall above the fireplace for everybody to enjoy. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that kind of work. But the first serious project I did was photographing uh, greasy garages and machine shops and guys that work with, you know, uh, automobile parts and all that kind of stuff because my grandfather was one of those kind of guys and I was inspired to do a project and I discovered very quickly that the most gorgeous picture of a greasy tool bench doesn't look that good above the fireplace. <laughs> and so I, I had this crisis of of uh, identity in my early photographic life about did I photograph what I wanted to photograph because it moved me or did I photograph the things that I knew would be terrific on the wall above the fireplace and obviously I made the decision to photograph what I wanted to photograph and as as a result of that that moved me in the direction of doing projects with multiple images books chapbooks folios those kinds of things rather than the greatest hit that uh, that gets framed and hung up as quote-unquote artwork. And so with that shift to project-oriented photography, that worked beautifully with this Jerry Uelsmann idea of gathering assets. And so years ago in a workshop, I, I made the statement that if I never made another photograph again, I could still be productive in my creative photographic life because I've got all these assets and negatives and digital images that I've collected for all these years. And so for me, working an art project means developing a project out of those existing assets and then producing it probably in one of several media, PDFs or handmade artist books or whatever.
0: Well, one good thing, you know, let's just take Death Valley because you're there um you know and and maybe i'm wrong um and correct me but i'm just going to try to i'm going to try to think like brooks for a minute so <laughs> let's just say tomorrow um you you get up in the morning and and there's some great clouds around the area and you've been to death valley a number of times and do you have Do you have an idea where you want to go having been there or do you just wander and
1: deal with the conditions that you have? Mostly I just wander. Um, Every once in a while I'll have some particular place that I want to go because I've, I've heard or I speculate that there might be something interesting to photograph there or someone will make a recommendation. Like, like when I was talking with Hunter, uh, when I first got here, he said, well, the, fr- the first place you need to go is is uh, Titus Canyon. Never heard of it. And he said, you'll you'll love it. It's fantastic. It's right in your uh, bailiwick. So that's okay. I've got a dog behind me in the RV next to me, too. But fortunately, he must be taking a nap right now. Anyway, I went to Titus Canyon and drove it and found it to be fantastic. Uh, I I didn't set out to photograph what i found there because i had no idea what i was going to find there but it but it was a destination location based on the recommendation of a friend sometimes i'll look at a map and say that that could be interesting you know john sexton once said that uh, if he ever sees the word canyon on a map he absolutely goes there because canyons are the place where all the great photographs are made i, I don't know if that's true but <laughs> but there's it's been fun. a lot of good ones there
2: no. Yeah. Well, Brooks, let me, it, it, let me jump back a little bit. Um, sure. Partly, partly during the intro, um, when you were talking about, uh, and partly before the show, you know, you've, you've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of different people, um, in the photographic world and, and, uh, a lot of your conversations are on the more, um, uh, cognitive aspects of photography, you know, and not around the gear and, and, and what's your favorite f-stop and what's your favorite lens and all that kind of stuff. And why do you think, though, these days, a lot of the conversation around photography is still focused on gear and less on creation of, of art?
1: Well, quite honestly, I think it is you know, to a very large degree because the gear is so fun. Hmm. I mean, it, the. It, the The technology behind photography is absolutely fascinating, and to have a sophisticated computer and lens combination that allows you to do some absolutely mind-boggling things. I mean, that, that's just a lot of fun, and so it's it's a seductive sort of thing for a lot of people who say they're interested in photography. When you get right down to it, they're really interested in technology and gears the same thing could be said about cars or it could be said about stereo equipment or it could be said about you know anything the technology is um, an interesting part but um for those people who are interested in using the technology to make something that's personally expressive that aspect of photography eventually you have to let go of I've told this story before, but I had a good friend of mine who was a really masterful printer, maybe the best black and white printer I've ever known. And he'd done the workshops and he was just as talented as could be, did eight by 10 work and his prints were absolutely gorgeous. And one day he just quit and he tore out his darkroom and sold all his camera equipment and I said to him, why? I mean, you, you spent all this time and money and energy to develop this talent, and now you're just walking away from it. And he said, you know, after I had developed the skill to be able to make a print technologically as good as I ever dreamed I could, I realized I had nothing to say. Huh. And he left photography. Years later, I, I heard a lecture that Morley Baer did. And Morley said, in order to be a good photographic artist, you first have to be a good person. And I don't think he meant that in the moral sense. I think he meant that in the well-rounded, well-read, maybe deep-thinking person, because artwork is so much about um, eliciting feelings and emotions and exploring the world and exploring ourselves and if you're not interested in either the world or yourself, there's not much in art for you other than the technology. And so I think a lot of people, it's easy to be consumed by the technology and it's much more difficult to dig deeply into why you think what you do and why you're interested in making a personally expressive artistic statement of some kind.
0: John and I talk all the time. I talk with other people and, you know i mean we lead I, I guess you could call it an artistic life i mean it, it, tonight i'll i'll in fact that that dog barking and the doorbell that just rang that was a a box of vinyl records that just arrived here from acoustic sounds in in kansas
1: so mm-hmm.
0: you know i mean i you know i lead an artistic life john lee the people i think that are successful as artists i don't care what they are they lead that kind of life and that's it's just
2: well i th- i think i think uh, i i agree with you jack but i also agree with with brooks too uh, around being in touch with yourself and being in touch with the surroundings that's that that helps that that in touchness comes through in your art And oftentimes people don't want to go there, you know, it's, it's hard. It's scary. It's, you know, laying your soul bare for yourself to see or for the world to see through your art. It's a risky proposition.
0: Well, you have to be pretty secure, I think. And, uh, and, and again, like we talking, like Brooks brought up before about the, uh, the automotive photography, you know, you have to not be afraid. You have to worry about yourself and not be afraid of being judged. I think, and yeah. and and be your own artist. You know.
1: Well, fundamentally, artwork in its most generic sense is a means for us to connect with other people, and express ourselves, and it's also a means for us to connect with our own self and learn about ourselves and connect with our deeper self. And if you're not interested in those connections, you, there's no reason to be involved in art. Not at all. And so all the artists that I know and the ones that I've ever read about, that's a big deal to them, And which is why I think it's always interesting when someone tells me they're not motivated to share their photographs with other people. Because what that really tells me is they're using photography as a means of self-exploration or, or there's no reason for them to be a photographer so, right. or an artist of any kind. Right. The other way I often think of it is this. If for some reason every camera and all of that technology were to evaporate and be gone and you and I could no longer be photographers, what would you do? would you pick up another medium and still try to pursue personally expressive artwork Yes. or would you just give up? And I think that's a real interesting question for people to, to contemplate and it can help illuminate why they're interested in photography to begin with. Yeah.
0: That's a very interesting comment because I made a living for a lot of years as a professional musician. And in 19, basically 1989, 1990, I stopped. A, the business changed, and B, it was, been there, done that. But I wanted to learn, I wanted, I wanted to work at being a, a photographer. And I found I couldn't do both. But as I I got a little better and a little better and a little better, I found that it wasn't a whole lot different from being a photographer than being a musician. It It just was a different medium. And, you know, an artist is an artist, I think. And, and, uh, and we all, I think we all want people to hear us play music and we want people to look at our photograph. You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, overlap in, in different forms of artistry. So.
2: Well, or just, just even self-expression, cause that's what a lot of this is about. And, uh, you know, some people yep. are driven and yearn to to express themselves. And uh, I I would put myself in that camp. And, and it, Brooks, as you were asking that question, would I pick up another medium? And I was just nodding my head going, heck yes.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I have right. to
2: have a way to get this stuff out.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had an email the other day from, a, I, I think a young guy, but I don't know for sure. But anyway, the email said... I'd like to give you some advice about lens work. He said, uh, (laughs) when I talk about some of my, with some of my friends, he said, we all think your magazine would be better if you would include F stop and shutter speed information with every photograph you published. (laughs) And I thought, you know, uh, I think I'm going to let this guy figure out what he said by himself. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Brooks. If you take 10 photographs tomorrow in death Valley, um, You'll you'll adjust the aperture and shutter speed to where you want it, but I guarantee you, you're w- without looking at the metadata, you're not going to remember what it is. It has no meaning. It's it's crazy. It, yeah, that's it, yeah. kind of a crazy comment, but you know, um, speaking speaking of lens work, um, how how are you able to? I, I'm just amazed between your podcast, which we'll talk about in a little while, because so I want people to know about that. And and you you deliver a product a product that's just first class. And again, this is not gratuitous because you're here. I, I've subscribed to this magazine for years, and it it's it, it's it's amazing. I mean, again, I don't like calling it a magazine. It's a you know periodical periodical photographic vehicle, I guess. Mm. It's uh but how, how do you, how do you how do you manage to do all this? is such a high level when you're
1: traveling like you are currently? Well, first thing you have to understand is I I have an advantage that most people don't have, which is I get to do photography 24 hours a day, except when I'm sleeping (laughs) 365 days a year. So, you know, anytime you can devote yourself with that kind of focus and attention to something uh you're gonna learn a lot you're gonna figure out ways to do things more efficiently etc and so you know a lot of people will say well how do you get all that content done well that's what i do if you were to really take a very careful look at my life there isn't much else (laughs) than, than photography uh, a fairly typical day for me is I'll, I'll get up fairly early in the morning. I'm a I'm a early riser, and with my first cup of coffee, I'm already into Lightroom, or I'm reviewing submissions to Lenswork, or I'm working on layouts in InDesign. And you know, after you've done that for 100 and well, we just sent off Lenswork number 156. So when you do that for 156 issues. You develop certain efficiencies and certain, well, even practical things like templates that that help you do things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, it's, uh, it's, it's not as much uh, a burden or as much work as it might appear to the outside because I get to focus my energies and my attention on that.
0: And I know you're, you have a system of evaluating photographers and I know that there are going to be people who hear this podcast and they're, they're hopefully know about lens work and maybe the people who don't, they're going to look at the product and go, boy, I'd love to have my stuff in there. I'm going to send a some submission to this guy. And, um, you know, I, I, from everything that i know it's it's quite an honor to be featured in lens work and maybe just quickly address the requirements and and sure what what you're looking for
1: well i'll i'll tell you uh, and this will probably surprise you we get fewer submissions than you would ever guess hmm. and i i think that's because people enjoy the high quality of the reproductions that we do and we've got longevity and so there's a certain reputation and so it becomes an intimidation factor Mm -hmm. and I cannot tell you the number of absolutely wonderful photographers who I've you know stumbled across in life and Uh, Never heard of them. They've maybe they've never heard of lens work, or maybe they have. And I look at their work and I think, man, you know, you ought to send this stuff in because this is this looks really good. Oh, I I don't know. I you know I'm afraid of being rejected, and I don't know if I'm good enough. And you know, I've uh, I'm still working on that project. How long have you been working on it? 24 years. Yeah, it's probably done. (laughs) Um, So. Fear is a huge factor, and it took me a long time to try to figure out what this was, but I I think I understand it now a little more, and that's this. Photography and art, let me put it that way, art making is the one thing that we do in life that we do for nothing other than excellence. We want it to be the very best we can be. We are invested in it almost to the sense the, of our identity. And we don't have that kind of thing with our job because that's something we 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 do so that we can earn a living and make a contribution and all job. that kind of stuff. But, but with work, uh, work is something that you want to do enough effort that you can get the job done, but any more than that is probably wasted effort. Whereas in photography, I mean, there's no limit to how much time we'll take. <laughs> there is no limit to how much money we will spend and how much effort we will put into trying to make something that's fantastic because it's we're so deeply invested in it. And the idea of sending that in and having it possibly declined for publication is... Such a painful thing for so many people that rather than embrace that fear and that self-doubt and whatever, they just don't send it in. And it's so, too bad.
2: Brooks, it, why why would you say that we are so invested in it? I mean, it's obviously – it's an emotional connection. But have you, have you delved into that at all?
1: Well, sometimes I think it gets – tied very deeply into our sense of self-identity and this really became clear to me in the early early days of digital photography when those wars broke out between the analog photographers and the digital photographers Mm. and the analog photographers were saying that's not real photography and it ought to be called digitography or something you know i mean there, there was some real bitterness and anger and for the longest time i didn't understand that until i came to realize that when you're a fine art photographer, you're a part of a community. And that community provides you some identity. And the best example I can explain this with is to look at people who are involved in the Western lifestyle. And they wear a certain kind of hat, and they have a certain kind of shoes or boots and a certain kind of garment and a certain kind of recreation and they drive certain kinds of vehicles and once you're invested in that community, anything that tries to upset that community can be psychologically challenging. Well, along came the digital photographers who were presenting a kind of psychological challenge to the diehard analog people and they resented it because they were they were uh, the digital people were trying to change what photography is. Well, the truth is, photography has always been changing. I mean, from the very first technologies, it's there's never been a technology that's been the main technology of photography for more than one generation. It constantly changes. Yeah, color and, film. How about that? Yeah, color film and and uh, portable cameras and you know I I don't I don't have firsthand knowledge of. Uh, darkroom tents in the wild west but i'm not far off (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyway i i think that sense of self-identity is is an important part of all of our existence in society and to be a part of a community that's now defined with things like you know forums that we belong to or workshop groups, you know, people that go back to the same workshop over and over and over again, because there's something that they get there in terms of self-identity and sense of community that's terrific and wonderful and nourishing. And who doesn't want that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah very true. So yeah. let's, let's uh, touch on your podcast real quick. Uh, you know, and I got to say that was uh, your podcast. was the very first one that I ever found when I started looking for photography podcasts and I've been a, a faithful listener for many moons now and uh, uh, you always produce a, a fantastic product. And so folks, if you obviously you do listen to podcasts cause you're listening to this, if you don't subscribe to Brooks's podcast, do so, do so, do so. Thanks. Um, yeah, what's, give me a funny story. What's, what's some of the funniest stuff that you've had happen on your podcast?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, personally, the funniest thing that ever happened to me was I was right in the middle of recording podcast number 1,000. All of my podcasts are numbered just so people can keep track of them. And unbeknownst to me, the Lenswork staff had arranged to break into my office in the middle of recording this with – uh, party favors and hats and a big chocolate cake. <laughs> oh my god! So there was all of this celebration at Podcast Number One, and I was right in the middle of a really good topic too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that ended up getting postponed to Number One Hundred One. But the other thing thing that that I uh, I always get a kick out of saying, just because it tickles my funny bone, is um, in in when I started the podcast, it was because. Uh, someone had recommended that I do a blog, but a blog requires that you type something. And I'm just a terrible typist. I got short little stubby fingers and uh, it, it, and I thought I, I'm never going to keep up with a blog if I have to type the damn thing, but I'm pretty savvy around audio equipment because I've, I've used it and I've been audio recording my whole life. So I thought I'll do an audio blog. So I announced the Lenswork audio blog, and about six months later, Apple introduced the podcast and their little MP3 players and all that kind of stuff. So I like to say I was doing podcasts before, or podcasts wow. were podcasts.
2: <laughs> wow, that's something to say. That's something to be proud of.
1: When? Yeah. How long have you been doing podcasts? It's got to be what? Oh, gosh. When was the first one? I want to say I want to say it was in February of 2005. Yeah, I was going to say. I'd have to go back and look for sure, yeah, it's, but it's uh, been a while. And
0: and are those still uh, available on your website for people to go back and
1: They are at Lenswork online at our membership website, the entire uh, back issue is available. And one of the things about the podcast that is kind of fun for me is that since it's not about cameras and gear and, you know, all that stuff goes out of date pretty fast because a new camera comes out, and who cares about last year's camera? But yeah. my podcast is all about uh, photography and the creative process. That's the tagline we use anyway. And so someone will discover uh, the podcast and they'll go back and download the entire back issue and i'll hear from someone who's a cross-country truck driver who says i've been listening to you all the way from california to maine and now i'm halfway on my way back (laughs) and i'm i'm starting to run out so what else can i do geez john that's
0: something we've never done is it no Uh, we we never listen to podcasts while we drive no 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 no, no. no, no. yeah i just uh, i
2: just took a a trip to the tetons had a workshop out there and uh, i made sure that i had you loaded up brooks and uh, you kept me company on the drive
1: yeah well the other thing that happens to me that i I just get the biggest kick out of is i'll post a podcast and the next morning I'll get an email from someone who says, I was listening to your comments this morning on my commute driving into Jakarta here. And yeah. <laughs> well, I think, Boy, we live in a small world, don't we? Yeah.
0: yeah we get uh, analytics. I don't know if you, you get analytics on yours and, and it's amazing. We have people right, John, in, in your.
2: John's yeah. I, I, uh, I, I wanted Are to we... make a point to give a shout out to our listeners in Denmark. Me being yeah. Danish, <laughs> um, you know, want to give a shout out to all the Danes out there.
0: I've got a client who, who, once a year, he comes and does a workshop with me. I'm quite honored, and he comes. Did he does other things? But he comes all the way from Lithuania. Wow, and that's I mean, it just, you you know? Know, it's just it's a great thing. So, and I'm going to do a little a little plug brooks if you don't mind um i you know um if you walk into my i have a room that i have all my audio equipment in and my rec my 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 vinyl records and my cds and all that good stuff and then i have a whole bookcase full of photography books and about three shelves of lens work i mean i keep these (laughs) like you know people used to keep national geographics well i keep lens works i i it's something to me. I mean, I'm I'm an online subscriber because I'm not home and I like to look at stuff. But there's something about holding a piece of paper with a photograph on it for me that resonates more than looking at something on a monitor. Um, and 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 you know, I'll sit down to listen to a a, a record like I will tonight. And I'll just randomly pull one of those issues out. And I don't know, there's hundreds of them there. I'll just pull one out, and it may be from 10 years ago and go through it. And, it, you know, the photography is no better, no worse than today. So it still looks like it's a current issue. And so your stuff is really, really, really good. But I would suggest that everybody who's into photography subscribe to LensWorks. But I'd also sub- encourage you to do the online version as well because there's, well, content, thanks. there's yeah. content there that that like the podcast there's content there that you won't unless you want to go back and buy all these issues uh, which i'm sure that you don't even have it stopped um you know it's there so it, it's you know just make make you you'll you'll learn uh you'll learn a lot from looking at images and just reading you not you know i i have yet to read f stops and all of that, and i've it, it, but people writing there, which isn't usually a lot, it's just inspirational kind of paragraphs, yeah thanks and it, and there are, well many you do a great job you really do i'm 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 just it, well one just, of the
1: things about the about the online membership is basically our entire archives are are there for podcasts right. and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, there's all kinds of other stuff there that is, in my way of thinking anyway, is a real treasure. I wish I had had access to this when I was a young photographer. For example, one of the channels, we have, uh, we we call them channels, there are 12 channels of content. Podcast mm-hmm. is one yep. of the channels. Um, but another one is called Archive Audios, and this is where I have collected cassettes that, I've recorded or that other people have recorded and sent to me and I transfer them into mp3 files and post them online so you can hear Ansel Adams talk about photography in his own words from a, a tape that was recorded you know probably in the 60s hmm. and and we have audio from from Brett Weston and uh you know it's it's fan it's a fantastic resource that literally hundreds of hours of uh, audio recordings. kind of weird to think about listening to an audio recording about a visual medium, but on the other hand, we do podcasts too. So do it all the time. Do yeah. all the, time. And the, the other thing about the podcast that I just wanted to slip in here real quickly is that uh, I heard from a number of people that they love the podcast, but podcasts are – relatively long form. I know you guys, you're you're roughly an hour, plus yeah, or minus. 40, yeah, 45 minutes. And, and most of my podcasts can be 15 minutes or something like that. But in today's busy world, not everybody has that much time. So about four years ago or so, I started doing something called Here's a Thought. And this these are short little things that are two minutes to four minutes, maybe five minutes and it's max and i post a new one of those every day and they literally are just things that come my way either you know via email or i experience something when i'm out photographing or something about publishing they're literally random thoughts (laughs) that float through my brain that uh i can talk about on a regular basis and people that have just a very short amount of time to do something photographic and creative every day can tap into that resource too. So. Yeah. And it's,
0: it's also a good, a good way to, uh, to help people. And, it, you know, it I'm is. a big believer in give, you get what you give, you know, and um,
2: you know what I've always liked about those short form things, Brooke, or, or what I've admired most about those is that you have the, you have the awareness to pay attention to these little thoughts and preserve them long enough to capture them in an audio format. You know, we all have fleeting thoughts, but you pay attention enough to go, Ooh, that's an idea. And you must write it down or catalog it somehow to come back to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, you know, if I'm out driving somewhere in, you know, you're got a couple hours to put on a road I mean, you can't help but have your mind just wander and you think of stuff. And so I either capture it on a little portable recorder I have or I jot it down on a note or whatever. And then about once a week I sit down and I'll record, you know, 10 or 12 of them or something like that. So I don't record them every day, but I post a new one every day. Mm. Hmm. Interesting.
0: What's in the future? Is there any, uh, maybe, um, and, I, and I'm not saying because I don't. I don't know. I'm just asking. But are, are you going to keep the same kind
1: of format? Or uh... in in terms of lens work, yes. Uh, no changes there. By the way, I, I got a, a, a chuckle out of your saying you you hesitated to call it a magazine. Maureen and I struggled with that for years because when you think of the term magazine, a certain kind of physical thing comes to mind. You know that's. Eight and yeah, half by I, 11, I think. Of,
0: and it, and I, I think of the I think of the embarrassment in America that we don't have a great photography. I mean, outdoor photographer. No disrespect to those guys, but I, I, I mean, I don't know anybody who, I don't know anybody who really reads that anymore. I'm sure they. Yeah,
1: some. it's yeah. an
0: embarrassment. We should have in this country. I mean, I mean, lens work is that is pretty much to me the, the presentations. Good. The paper is good. It's a quality product. It's not the cheapest stuff around. You know, I mean, it's. It, it, but you get what you pay for. And I wish somebody would bring out a quarterly magazine on really good quality paper, uh, done right. And you know what? Charge. I don't know. Charge fifteen, twenty dollars a piece. I don't know what it costs. It's probably not cheap. But man have it representative of 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 our of our great photographers in america and i don't know i just i mean outdoor does not cut it anymore and i don't even know what else is around and I just you know
1: yeah but you know what if they brought back shutterbug we'd all subscribe to
0: it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shutter ad shutter advertising. Yeah. <laughs> Except they wouldn't need to do it because I don't think any camera people have any inventory. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. That's you know? true. So yeah. any
0: anything any anything new that you're you're gonna do on your own that may have something to do with lens work, but might be a, a Brooks Jensen kind of publication or.
1: Well, it's funny you ask that. You know, I'm probably the one guy in America that can't get published in any other publications because I'm kind of a competitor yeah. <laughs> of everybody. And so years ago, I, thinking about this, I thought I, I I can't get published elsewhere, and I can't really publish myself in Lenswork because that's sort of tacky and self-serving. So uh, I decided I would start my own private publication, and in my case, I do it as a PDF, which is free, and it's downloadable from my website. It's called Kokoro, which is the Japanese word for the heart of the matter. And uh, Kokoro has uh, – I, I do it every other month. It has four to six small projects in it that might be anywhere from a dozen images to maybe a couple of dozen images And uh, so that's available at brooksjensenarts.com, and that'll continue. Lenswork as a publication in the online membership will continue. The one thing that's new for 2022 is we're yet to fully commit to it, but I'll give you guys the first chance to hear about it. And that is, uh, we've been doing for the last six years, a Lenswork community book. We did four Seeing in Sixes books. I'm assuming you guys are probably familiar yep, with those. Yep, yep. And then for the last two years, we did a book called Our Magnificent Planet. And Our Magnificent Planet 2021 just shipped last week. And so we're, we're trying to decide what we're going to do for, for 2022. And we kind of don't want to go back and do another Seeing in Sixes. And we've already done two Our Magnificent Planets. So we're thinking about doing a book that's all triptychs. And so it would would be sort of, I guess you could think of it as like seeing in threes. Uh, And it's based on an idea that I started a few years ago with my own work. I call them exhibition suites. And they're three prints. So instead of buying one print and manning it and framing it and putting it on the wall, they're all three print sets usually one vertical and two horizontals or one horizontal and two verticals and there are three different views of a given place or a given subject or a given theme or a given idea and it, it's funny how doing three images opens up a world of possibilities and brings to life some of those images that are terrific and you really like them but maybe they're not the very very best but they're real really good and you like them and you want to do something with them well putting together a triptych is a way to do it which we can do in a book publication because we can put one large image on the left page let's say and then two smaller horizontal images on the right page maybe it's going to be a little bit bigger format book too so that uh we can have some bigger images in it, so we haven't committed to that yet. But we're stewing on it, and we'll make a decision probably by the end of this month. Wow! Now, do you still have you have a staff, and is it, are you still working out of Anacortis or? Well, the office is in Anacortis, but the there's no one there <laughs> because yeah. my assistant, years ago, uh, who lived in Anacortis terrific, yeah. she's been with us for. I don't know, almost 20 years now, uh, Crystal. She uh, got married and she and her husband wanted to move to Portland. And she came to us in tears and said, You know, I really don't want to leave you guys and I love you and I love Lens work, but my husband and I want to move to Portland and so I have to resign. And I said, Well, why do you have to resign? She said, well, we're going to be in Portland. I said, Well, they have this thing now called the internet. (laughs) It's going to be big. It's going to be big. (laughs) It's going to be big. So so she started working remotely, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago now. So the fact that I'm on the road makes no difference to her. We could be anywhere and still get everything done. And unfortunately, my wife passed away in uh, September of 2020. So it's just, it's just the two of us now. And, so far, we've still been able to keep up with all the deadlines and, and uh, so knock on wood. that's what 2022 yeah. will look like.
2: Well you guys you guys do fantastic work, Brooks. Fantastic. Thanks.
0: Well, have a great time in Death Valley. I, I wish I was with you. I did yep. read your latest uh, latest stuff there with I saw the Anastasi It made me think of you spent some time in Canyon Shea, it looks like.
1: No, I was actually up at Mesa Verde. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is Uh, funny because I I was looking for a place to camp for a week or two, and I chose Cortez, Colorado, because it was about halfway between Torrey, Utah, and Flagstaff, Arizona. And when I got to Cortez, I happened to mention to the gal at the RV park that I was a photographer. She said, Oh. oh, are you going up to Mesa Verde? I said, where? (laughs) <laughs> she said, hey, some, I, "I didn't even know it existed."
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Sometimes um, you
1: just get lucky.
0: A lot of the, uh, you know, the guides that uh, that we use in uh, in uh, the Four Corners area—they go to Cortez to shop. I mean, it's kind of like the big city, you know, for that area. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have a great time. I'm sure you're going to knock them dead Thanks. with some great images. Uh, John, you want to do the, uh, do the. Uh, well, uh, sure.
2: Well, in in the interest of time, and since we were talking about uh, going long, Brooks, at this time together has gone way too fast. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being our guest today. It was fantastic.
0: My
1: pleasure. We were lucky to corner you. Yeah. It's
2: You're a man on the go, for sure. Well,
1: as long as there's an internet, you know. What more do we need? That's true. Are you, are you in your do – you, do you travel
0: around? What are you driving? I mean, what are you traveling around? It?
1: I've got a uh, Toyota Tundra pickup and a 31-foot travel trailer, and it's, it's home. Good for you. Well, God bless you. I mean,
0: you're, you're just, just... – <laughs> I, I think I'm leaving for Death Valley. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be
1: great clouds tomorrow, by
0: the way. Well, you're probably getting what we had up here, so if you get half of it, you're going to get some some great light, you know, and and, and I hope you do. Um, John, did I leave anything out? Or you? No,
2: I think we're good. Folks, uh, you know, I'm going to post links to uh, all of Brooks's content up on our webpage, so feel free to check that out. If not, uh, at least at the very minimum, subscribe to his podcast. You go on to stitcher or apple podcast or any of the other distributors search up Lenswork. subscribe 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 um i can't i can't endorse that enough um
0: you know, if if only he put f stops and shutter speeds oh i in, know right? that, i know that's <laughs> the key keto- photograph we, we, we had filters you know
1: <laughs> well as i mentioned you know f8 it's the magic f-stop because if you turn it 90 degrees it's you infinity know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 we'll, we'll. i'll make this really short I, I, when i was learning this craft that i'm still trying to figure it out but um I, and i'm not going to mention his name but a very very famous educator workshop leader great photographer um i won't mention his name but his last name is shaw um <laughs> i asked him i i said so I saw your image in this magazine. I said, did you really shoot that at F-11? And he looked at me and he says, I don't know what I shot at He goes, let me tell you something. He goes, nobody writes down what we, this is a film dish. Nobody writes down what we shot, everything. We just look and they, we guess and they put, if it looks like F-11, then they put it in the magazine, it's F-11. It might've been F-16. It, it might've been, you know, and back then, You went, you know, 8, 11, 16, 22. Nobody realized you could shoot in between those F-stops because you just used a click on the way. (laughs) So nobody ever ever remembered that information was all inaccurate. So Um, be that as it may. Brooks, thank you. John, thank you. Folks, thank you all again for listening. And and, uh, check back i guess in a, in, in a short amount of time and hopefully we'll have somebody that we can we can uh do better than we did with brooks here. It's just no. such an honor to brooks thank you so much
1: well thanks guys i appreciate it all right folks okay.
0: we'll see you later
2: bye-bye